Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. All right, my loves, episode 38 with Elizabeth Sue. The good girl detox. Fasten your seatbelts, babes. <laughs> and maybe what, Elizabeth? Do they need to like have a tissue box nearby or a garbage can? Oh, <laughs> for, for throw up. <laughs> or bo- or bo- both. <laughs> both. And a fun song to jam out to to dance. There's always to cleanse. Fun and of- tears. Yes. We are so excited to have you with us today, as we are also super fired up about ditching the good girl and helping women step into their most powerful fully self-expressed selves which cannot happen from inside the good girl and thank you for being with us oh i'm so excited to be here thanks for having me there is something super awful about facebook but also super amazing and what's amazing <laughs> is i get to meet people like elizabeth and <laughs> kate and i never would have stayed in touch without facebook and tracking so thank you facebook even though you're messing up our brain at the same time <laughs> and being able to follow you i mean elizabeth i think i met you what in like 2014 or 15 yeah Maybe and to see what's happened in your life. And I can't wait to have this conversation with you. So it's unbelievable. And and even my gosh, Kate and I met at a party in 2013. And here we are with the podcast together. (laughs) So we are so, so, so excited. Oh, me too. Gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. (laughs) Feels like many lifetimes. Well, 2020 also feels like 20 years. That's true. <laughs> oh, Time is not linear. <laughs> no. no. I'm just going to read your bio and then we will jump in. So Elizabeth is the founder of Monday Vibes, a weekly personal growth newsletter and wellness writer who is on a mission to change the narrative of what women have been told about success and happiness. After achieving success in the ways she thought would bring her happiness, that's my favorite sentence. I'm going to read that again. After achieving success in the ways she thought would bring her happiness, like graduating summa cum laude from Tufts University with a BS in quantitative economics and community health, and then reaching a six-figure salary at a Silicon Valley startup where she could drink all the kombucha on tap, Uh she realized she was trying to win a game she didn't even want to play. She struggled with an eating disorder. Her anxiety was through the roof. She had exactly zero minutes for self-care and was really fucking tired of leaning in. She said goodbye to her decade-long career in corporate to pursue her master's degree at Columbia University in clinical psychology with a concentration in spirituality and mind-body practices, as well as an advanced certificate in sexuality, women, and gender. 
She has since dedicated her career to empowering women, teaching them about emotional and spiritual wellness, and changing the rules of the game. Her work has been featured in numerous media outlets, including Thrive Global, Pop Sugar, Talk Space, ODZY, and Authority Magazine. Woo! epic my favorite sentences achieving success in the way she thought would bring her happiness and then trying to win a game she didn't even want to play and i Mm. am sure kate would agree with me that so much of what we think the old paradigm of love is about is a fucking game Mm -hmm. and it makes Mm. love a game and it makes women question everything about who they are, and I can't wait to hear more of your story today, Elizabeth. Thank you. I know the game. Um, there's a, a lot of games out there, and it's it it can be eye opening and also very distressing when you realize that you um, you've spent so much of your life trying to win and. Um, I mean, that's where kind of the good girl detox came from is um, putting so much effort. I mean, I put so much pressure on myself to make it in the ways that I thought I should. And Mm. it made me feel, if I didn't reach it, it made me feel so less than and so inadequate. And when I was reading, I spent... um, graduate school researching uh, perfectionism in women. And when I came across the research that helped me understand that this was a systemic issue, I i mean, I cried. I cried for most of my first year of graduate school because it was so emotional to realize like, I it was like I'd been duped. I was like, mm. I, like here I was thinking this was my all my fault that like this feels so hard and I have to work so hard to be seen and recognized when this it's rigged against me. And anyways, that kind of catapulted my whole journey, but I love that that's what stood out to you as well. And the game we didn't know we were playing. Right. right. Like the, the wake up, yes. like so much of, Oof. I mean, we, we had to start the new truth podcast and essentially say like, look, you've been inside the old paradigm and you didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And I have never met, well, at least in the personal growth industry, it can be easy for women to think, oh, this is a personal problem mm-hmm. that I personally must fix mm-hmm. rather than a systemic and collective problem that's had mm-hmm. me think I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so. and the driver of the, the that word should that you said I I'm, I'm doing all the things that I thought I should be doing and that is how we know it's not our soul leading the way if we're following a path in whether it's getting married or uh, to a guy that you don't feel aligned with because you mm-hmm. think you should get married because of your age or having kids because you think you should because of your age or, you know, staying in a career because you think you should because it pays you really well and it mm-hmm. gives you some sort of recognition. It's like the, that word should or even going to a party because you think you should. Mm-hmm. Like right. the word should is our greatest enemy. <laughs> like that is how you know you are not following your own truth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, society puts a lot of shoulds in our heads and mm-hmm. tricks us into thinking it's our own thought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's sad. It's sad. I mean, like, thank God for the wake up calls, but it, it can be so devastating when you, when you have that shift, there's so much grief that comes with, um, transitioning to the, to the new paradigm to realize like how much of yourself you gave and how much you believed and how that was, um, not, not true or not true for you or not what you Mm -hmm. want for your life. Yeah. Well, I love the word detox Mm -hmm. because when you think of just a, a, a food detox, detoxing from drugs, like sweating, you feel sick, there's goosebumps, you have headaches, yes. you know, like, yes. and I so appreciate you bringing in the grief of what happens inside any awakening, because mm-hmm. I think we can still even like try and paint a pretty picture mm-hmm. around what happens in the waking up when actually mm-hmm. it looks like the garbage can and the tissue, <laughs> right? And then sitting totally. with your girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And so tell us about one one like detox moment or like whether it was the first detox mm. or one, you know, how did you realize there were things you needed to detox? Oh, I'll just go with what first came to mind, um, which makes me very uncomfortable, but um, I like 20, 20, me, um, I had my first friend breakup and I, it seems like so silly to say out loud, but it was really, it was really sad because for so long I was used to pleasing other people, especially inside of friendships. And mm-hmm. So I guess the detox that I'm thinking about is um, is the people pleasing, and I had built I had built my entire personality and my entire worth around being the nice girl, being the good girl for other people, mm-hmm. and um, completely disregarding my own needs or emotions or wants or desires. I mean, I didn't even know what those were at that point. I, I didn't even know, like I had a right to them. I felt bad to have them. And, um, and so with this one friend, I mean, it really, the, the friendship became so toxic for me and I was supposed to be in her wedding. And I literally, I was, and and we were getting married at the same time. And, um, I thought that meant I had to have her in my wedding. And I was like, legit sick to my stomach and Mm. I was um it was consuming my entire engagement period which was totally insane I mean it's not because like you know we have to have grace for our experiences but you know I'm marrying the love of my life after eight years of many ups and downs and uh and all I can think about is like is like how to avoid this one woman (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought I should have by my side on my day. I mean, I have a whole thing about bridesmaids and obligations in general. Oh, but- we're going to have an episode <laughs> on Oh, for sure. <laughs> you must. 
You must. The people need to know the truth. I'm a recovering bridesmaid of 11 times. Oh, gosh. It's it's something. It it really, I think, is a reflection of like what we're talking about with that Mm -hmm. codependency and all of that. Like you don't get a say. It's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I don't get a say. Um, but at the time I had never, and to be completely transparent, all the relation, romantic relationships I had had up until that point, I had been broken up with. Mm-hmm. So I literally had never been in a position where I got to say no for myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it got to the point, you know, with a lot of therapy, I mean, it was weeks and weeks and weeks. You're like, wow, this person is really consuming a lot of my headspace. Um, and it's expensive in therapy. Um, but I finally decided, I wrote it all out. You know, I had a call, you know, I was trying to have a conscious goodbye and it went literally every fear that I had about doing something like that happened. Mm-hmm. Like I was called names. Um, her fiance reached out to me directly because I had blocked her afterwards, called me names, a horrible person, a bitch, um, uh, that I had ruined their wedding because of what I did. I mean, it, the list went on and now upon reflection, I know that that was validation of my decision. Um, but at the time, literally it it tore my heart out. I was on the ground, like couldn't breathe, was thought, I just internalized everything. Yeah. Uh, and I, I truly thought I was a monster. And I, I, I didn't, I barely told anyone because I was so ashamed. Like my mom was like, are you sure? Like you can't just patch things up. And my husband um, was like, you can't take this back. And you know, there, there's, so much pressure to be the peacemaker at the expense of your happiness. And I think about it now. And if I think too hard, I'm going to get emotional. It's been many years. It's like, why didn't anyone ask me? Like, what about me? Why didn't anyone Mm -hmm. ask me if I was okay? Mm -hmm. Or why didn't anyone ask me if, or, or, or say to me, you know, that was really brave. Like, I'm really proud of you for standing up for yourself. But it was all on her. It was like, oh, is she okay? Is she going to be okay? Is is she going to recover from this? Like, you did it so close to her. What, you know, it was like, no one asked me how I was feeling. And, um, but I will say that was the most painful. And I've had many friendship breakups since then and many other instances where I've had to stand up for myself and, in a, in this kind of very, for me, it's very jarring and very painful just because I, I have built my entire life around being not that, not that person. Um, and so have so many women because we have words like bitch and like, you know, these awful words for, or bridezilla or whatever it is for, women who have opinions or women who express their needs or women who want more for themselves. And so that was one of, I think when I thought about, you know, one of these detoxes, I mean, that would, it, it was not pretty. It took many years to, to recover and feel okay with myself about it. And I can tell even when I write about 
this, it's a very sensitive subject, I think, because there's been so much conditioning around women and friendships and how you should be and what you owe them and that loyalty is everything. And we should like be best friends forever. And so I carried a lot of guilt around not being able to meet up to that expectation. But as I'm sure you both know, like when you're waking up, like you can't unsee what you then see. And that's really painful. Yeah. And you're, you're, it's like, all I wanted was to be able to hear and trust my intuition. Like that's what I would like march into yoga class and (laughs) therapy. And I'm like, that's what I'm working on is learning to trust my intuition. And then when it was happening, I was like, wait, (laughs) like, I want (laughs) to take that back. Mm. Like, I don't like hearing it. I don't like feeling what I, like I was thawing, you know, I'd been numb for so long. I was thawing out and I was feeling all these feelings and I was like, oh my God, this person like is not who I thought they were and they're not going to be the person I thought they were. And that, that was really, that was really sad. That was a really kind of dark several years in my, in my journey of that detoxing and learning to trust that I, one, I will be okay no matter what. That's what self-love is. Mm -hmm. When you don't have self-love, you think your love comes from other people. Mm -hmm. And then two is that um, I, that I don't, I'm not here on this planet to, to, I know this sounds kind of funny, but I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, to, to be like to fill this void for someone else to be mm-hmm. of service like I always thought I was here to be of service and I am in service in so many ways but I am not my entire existence is not for other people like I get to yes. be happy just me and not being of service at the expense of yourself like yes. that that's the that's what the nice girl I was such a nice girl. I relate so much mm. to this. And and as you're telling the story, I could feel sick in my body, like of how you taking that stand for yourself. The greatest gift you can give yourself that is self-love is these actions we take of mm-hmm. having reverence for self and choosing to follow mm-hmm. our own truth, no matter what the ramifications, being willing to walk through the fire for ourselves. Yes. And I just, as I heard you talking, I just felt the the pain of that's like death to the nice girl. Like yes. having to be the one, especially like heightened experience, a wedding. And I, I was just thinking too about weddings and the glorification about fucking weddings and them being so perfect and stupid and fake and how like, <laughs> oh my God, I have so much. Yeah, don't get kicked started. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like about like everything has to be perfect. Like nobody can behave like a normal human. You have to not have any needs. You have to, mm-hmm. like there's all these rules. There's all these expectations. You have to buy this expensive dress that you're never going to wear again. You don't even get to pick it. Like You have to bring like, toxic people. You have to have toxic people mm-hmm. standing next to you or toxic family members. And telling you how you look at them. Oh, uh, it, there's so much wrong with it, but it's like the, the glorification of like this day yeah. being so special and like, don't mess with the bride. She's got to have it perfect. Meanwhile, she's fucking gaslighting you for having yeah. feelings. And yes. it, and I just like, 
Oh my God. So many things about this story. When you said, when you said I felt sick to my stomach and that's how I knew I had to make the decision. Like this is, I always talk on every episode about how it, the difference between listening to uh, our mind that I call it our saboteur, the voice in our head that's trying to sabotage us that used to protect us when we were kids, but as adults actually is sabotaging us mm-hmm. and being willing to listen to the body signals. Mm-hmm. And that's a body signal, that feeling of like, okay, she's in my wedding. I'm doing in her wedding. I feel sick every time I'm around her. I don't want to be around her. Like hell, that is your mm-hmm. body being like, stop the GPS. Like, no, <laughs> don't go in this direction. Like go the other way. And our bodies are so wise. And like, wow, gosh, that story Mm -hmm. just like hit me on every level. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing it. And there is so much here because I imagine that while that was a powerful moment, you now live your life from being willing to make those decisions. And I was thinking as you were talking, the options for women become monster or good girl. Mm. right like oh my god I've had those thoughts when I've set boundaries Mm -hmm. with people even saying no to a client right or a potential Mm -hmm. client I'm a monster oh my gosh I'm a monster if I don't like respond to an email right away I mean it's like I'm a monster (laughs) yes that for me that's one of my constant what I one of my constant narratives that I'm I feel like I'm in battle with every day. And the other really powerful thing is there is also a narrative about following your truth then means that everything goes really well, right? Or like the the universe, the doors open for you and (laughs) right, like you just have a sign that it was good rather than (laughs) more women actually talking. And, And this is what I've appreciated about the people that have shared about going through a divorce is it wasn't like fucking hallelujah once I walked out like there is Mm, the detoxing mm. process and I think for me at at least I become more and more willing I remember one of the hardest decisions for me was walking away from my love addicted crazy 17 breakups you know and I and truly my relationship coach at the time was like you know what Catherine it's not gonna be a perfect moment and you're Mm. not gonna feel good about this you don't Mm. make the decision when you finally feel like it's right it's like this is gonna suck Yes. Away from this person is going to suck. Yes. And you can do it. Just like making the decision to end the relationship with this friend is going to suck. Yes. (laughs) Yes. There's no foe you can put on it. And when you not something that you can say better. Yeah, prepare them better. That I really appreciate you saying that. It reminds me I had another very um, upsetting breakup this past summer. Um, and a friend told me, I mean, and I was telling her, um, kind of about how, how hard it was, but mainly, mainly guilt. Guilt is a really tricky emotion, um, for me. And I, um, and I, and I remember her saying like, it, it makes it so much harder when we have the expectation that it's going to feel good and it's just not. So let's like put that on the side. And also like the whole, it's interesting because I've been on this, you know, personal growth path for so long. I've been in therapy almost 
almost 10 years um, and, you know, so committed to this work. And at the same, I mean, I studied self-compassion in graduate school. I'm like very in it, but I feel like sometimes that in and of itself can show up, like perfectionism can show up in our healing work. And it's so tricky when that happens because it, it looks like every, it's like, you know, the jaw that like looks right on, on paper. So you're like looking at it and you're like, I'm doing healing work when no, it's really still like being horrible to yourself. And so for me, anytime I go through one of these like breakups, like a huge, um, I can intellectualize it sometimes and I, and I get in these spirals of like what I should have said better or what, like mm. I should have given her another shot. I was being um, too dramatic and I, it, it's, I find it helpful to remember that like when it, when you're following your intuition and when you hear the truth, it's like, it's not something like it can feel almost like that, you know, like you just get this intuitive spark. Sometimes that happens like in creativity and whatever, but really what, when we make decisions from that place, like it's been percolating the seats, the seats have been growing for a while. And it's almost like we have been preparing our ourselves and our hearts and our, our, surroundings to support us in this difficult decision and so I don't know I've been I think about it a lot because I now live my life very intuitively and a lot of people will I think it comes off to a lot of people like I'm making very impulsive decisions or like Mm. oh my gosh like you're saying goodbye to that friend of like 15 years. Are you sure you want to do it? And it's like, I didn't just like wake up this morning. and was like, mm, feels off today. Goodbye. Like, <laughs> Goodbye forever. <laughs> right. It's like, like we have to, we have to give each other that respect of their intuitions. I mean, for me, nothing is more triggering when then someone second guesses my intuition. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't need you to understand this, but I need you to respect it. I need mm-hmm. you to honor and trust that like, I know it's best for myself Yes. after, you know, 32 years of being told that like, I don't know what's best for me. So I need to survey all my friends and family to decide if this person is a good friend to me. No, like we know when we quiet, when we quiet the noise and we're like, you know, in our bodies and we feel that gut, that gut reaction, it's like, hello, that is telling us something. And that has been building over time. And we don't, something else I have been practicing is like, I don't, one, I don't need to explain myself to anyone period. And I don't need to explain myself even to myself. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just that gut reaction. It's like, I don't know what that is. I can't explain. I can't give like, you know, my, you know, 10 reasons why I think this is a good idea. And I don't have to, it's like, Mm -hmm. I get that intuitive pull and that's my truth in this moment. And that's what I'm going to go with. 
And in fact, I think that in my own experience of that, I feel like the more excuses and reasons and justifications we give, I mean, that certainly waters down our boundaries, right? When you're trying to speak your truth and you give excuses and reasons and justifications, which nice girl wants to do to make the person feel better. It actually just leaves room for them to like arm wrestle us and change, like try and change our mind. Yes. And also I feel like on a personal level, what that does for me, when I'm setting boundaries, if I'm giving justifications or reasons, I then confuse myself because then I start getting in my head about it. And mm-hmm. then I start talking about it and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, oh, but this and this and this and, oh, well, that's arguable. Okay. That's arguable. And now I'm <laughs> fucking confused. And I'm like, wait, I was so clear before. Now I'm right? confused. So it's better to just be like, I just experienced this with moving apartments. I was attached to this old place that wasn't serving me anymore. And I had a few things I loved about it. And I was just like in this, every time I talked about it, I get confused. Am I making a mistake? Wait, what am I moving to a better place? And what? And so it was better to just be like, oh, it's out of alignment. It's just clear. I got to that Mm. place of clarity. The perfect place showed up for me. I was trusting that it was going to be the perfect place. And it is. I feel amazing here. And it's like that being able to just like go with the feeling as opposed to get muddled by our head, which is a lot of the time our saboteur ego protective mechanisms that will end up talking us out of the thing that we're clear about. Totally. And it almost accidentally invites a conversation. And then I get resentful because I'm like, wait, I didn't like <laughs> yes. ask for your opinion, but it's kind of like, shit, did I, you yeah. know, when I like, <laughs> yeah. when I needed to like, explain this that and the other and so I think that is a big part of this you know empowerment journey is being able to make the decision for ourselves and like feel good about it ourselves and I love how you just said it's out of alignment like period I've had to think about that a lot with these friendships it's like you know what it's just wasn't a chemistry like it or, you know, same thing with jobs or locations. Like, it's no one's fault. I didn't do mm-hmm. anything wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. Yes. Sometimes. But <laughs> objectively, um, it's like, we're just a miss. Yeah. And it's just wrong for you. It's like, right. someone can be yes. a narcissist or a crazy self-centered person or an asshole. And it's like, they're allowed to be that. They can they can do whatever they want and they have to, you know, face consequences or whatever. But ultimately like every human gets to be whoever they want to be and you get to choose what's right and what's wrong for you. Mm. And that's what alignment is. It's like, Oh, this is, this feels really good. This feels really nourishing. This feels right. And Oh, this doesn't, I feel like I'm going to throw up Kate red flag. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we women are not taught. I, I do have to say it took me several years to believe that it was okay for me to change my mind. Oh, and yes. I, I really had to learn that. Mm, and, yes. and that still is hard for me. That's like a core narrative that I have to work because, um, and I think at some point or another, almost every client has to, is having a conversation with me about this. Like, well, what if I decided yesterday that something was true, but now it's not, mm-hmm, right? Yes. And when I think of the, you know, old paradigm of love and, and really the pain points around marriage and, and a job that you have to have forever or even a place to live, it's like something changing 
becomes the thing the ego freaks out about rather than change mm -hmm. is the only constant in our mm -hmm. life. Like cha ch life changes, that's an you know, irrefutable given of life. <laughs> but yet what we do to ourselves and the good girl in me is it has to be the same and same is where comfort is same is what i know same is what my ego knows and wants but nothing mm -hmm. can happen there and i can feel you know as we're having this conversation about how that is totally a story about friendship right mm -hmm. like the all those little forever bracelets like I, like this is so powerful that you've brought this into the mm -hmm. podcast because we talk about so the powerful. engagement ring rather mm -hmm. than the little best friend bracelets like yes. when we're little we think yes. like you're gonna be in my life forever. the heart necklace did you guys have that oh yes of course i had that <laughs> yeah and 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 i loved what you said about um or i wait what was i gonna say <laughs> friendships oh Forever. no I, I was gonna Change say mind. it's so funny it, it's so funny how in this I notice this when I'm working with clients and helping them untangle from their good girl it's like the good girl's the one who feels like the mean evil witch bitch crazy but she's like the nicest person and then meanwhile the fucking narcissist who's gaslighting her is like doesn't give a shit and has moved on and it's like doing their thing but yes. the good girl's like oh, i'm wrong and bad like it's so <laughs> dumb <laughs> it's crazy well with with a quick thing Makes about sense. just like how shadow work works like the people that are attracted to narcissists that's what is theirs to claim yeah like that kind of bold attitude about I can do what I mm. want like you're like that's how the patterning works right mm. like they have to learn how to pick it up for themselves or they're going to keep ending up with narcissists until their psyche gets that this is mine mm. not not to become a fucking narcissist obviously that's not what I'm saying <laughs> but but the energetic of bold in claiming yeah. what I want and assertive, yes. entitled, and yes. they're not worried about what other people think. They're this just doing their thing. This is what Matt Kahn, the spiritual teacher, Matt Kahn, he, I love him. Love and him. Love him so much. He says, um, he's like, all right, highly sensitive people. I know it's everyone in this room. I went to one of his <laughs> workshops and he's like, you guys all need, y'all need a lot more arrogance and arrogant people need a lot more sensitivity. And it's like, so if you can practice being more arrogant, like you're winning. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. So true. And so tell us more, I, I keep, you just touched in about perfectionism and I, I feel like I really, really appreciated what you said um, the, the perfectionism that exists in personal development and, and oh. the narrative mm. of if I'm somehow still struggling with something, I must not have done enough work yes. on myself. Um, and so I'd love to just hear the perfectionism of the good girl and, and how you detoxed from, from that. Mm. Well, I'm still detoxing for <laughs> sure. Oh, you're not perfect? You're not complete with your journey and like enlightenment? <laughs> no, but you know, I um I feel like I I mean the journey's so cyclical and I feel like I'm in some ways back at the beginning where I I met so many people that confused me like this year for me feels like the year of fallen gurus because mm. I they were all you know 
spiritual people, spiritual teachers, women's empowerment coaches or whatever. And um, I was, you know, totally bought into their mission because it's my mission and I wanted, you know, to learn from the greats and to learn to get into these circles. And I, um, I have never, I don't think I have felt so much fakeness and Mm. bypassing as I do in the spiritual space. And I read, I, I'm constantly picking up and putting down um, Mariana Kaplan's eyes wide open discernment on the spiritual path. It is so good. And know that book, say that again for everybody. (laughs) It's so good. It, because she talks about this because for me, as I'm, still learning to trust my intuition it's very confusing to me when someone doesn't match what someone's words don't match what I feel from them and that shows up so often in the spiritual space in the personal development space like I see all these you know they're saying all the right words all the marketing is right all the like you know, favorite books are right. All the sheroes are right. And then I like get into this call and I'm just like, this feels off or worse. They gaslight me, which has happened many, many times. And then I feel like the crazy one. So Mm. I, I feel like that when that happens, that's when my perfectionism flares up and it, and it makes me feel like I, I'm not trying hard enough. Mm. I'm not that maybe I was having a bad day that I'm not, there's something that I'm not doing mm. and I try harder and harder and harder. And it's so sad. Like, it's so sad. I'm just like, like a little puppy. Like, I'm just like, please like me please, you know, especially with these teachers in this pet, you know, they're still in, especially in the coaching world in personal growth, there's such a hierarchy and like teachers on pedestals and, and I, I notice that I still have a tendency to give my power away in those dynamics, um, in dynamics where there's authority figures, teachers, like people, spiritual leaders that I feel that everyone else seems to be like, like thinking they're God's gift on earth. And I'm looking around, I'm like, why does that, like, why does this feel so bad? And at the same time, I've also noticed, um, so perfectionist. So there's something interesting from the research that says, um, perfectionism can show up in three ways. One is we're perfectionists with ourselves. We have high expectations for ourselves. That's, um, the second is other oriented. Perfectionists tend to be perfectionist, expect others to also be perfect. So that shows up in relationships and that shows up when you're micromanaging. It shows up in, um, you know, how, as you go about your day, you know, getting pissed off at this, that, the other, if someone doesn't meet those high expectations that you have for yourself, you expect that of other people. And then there's perfectionism 
that's imposed on us from society. And that's the one, all three have been going up um, at a scary rate in the last 30 years, um, but 30% um, in the last 30 years. But the one um, socially prescribed, the one that is imposed upon us from our academic institutions, from our workplaces, from the media, um, that has been grow, growing the most rapidly and having the most detrimental effects. And what's upsetting is like perfectionism so often is celebrated. Like I remember for so long in my job interviews, I'd be like, I'm so detail oriented. I'm a, my weakness is I'm a bit of a perfectionist. You know, that's something that was mm-hmm. like that they hired me for and that and people pleasing. I was in account management in corporate and I call that being a professional people pleaser. Like I never got, the client is always right. I mean, that's what we're told. And so I never got to have an opinion um, on that. Or if I did, I was, I needed to swallow my feelings. Um, But Hmm. yeah, I, I just see so many different manifestations of perfectionism and um it leads to anxiety, it leads to depression, it leads to unfulfillment. I mean, there's so many, I mean, I struggle with an eating disorder. That's another form of perfectionism. Workaholism is another form of perfectionism that is celebrated in the society, which can actually kill you. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, when I learned about all this, I mean, yeah, I'm telling you, it was really dark because I was, you know, a quote unquote, you know, I was succeeding in so many ways from the outside and I was destroying myself, mind, body, soul from the inside out and all all because I was celebrated for these things. I mean, how like, it's so, it's so sad that we teach our kids. I mean, the way the entire grading system is like, we teach them that there's right and there's a wrong and that, um, there's just always more to be better at. And mm-hmm. um, I'm currently going through another cycle of feeling burned out on self-improvement and feeling like, I, I'm like, I've been doing a lot of ancestral work and it's been grueling. And I am like, you know what? I don't feel like doing that today. Like so often we're like, I'm on a mission. Like I'm going to transform the world. I'm like healing myself. And like, you're so committed to your journey and like, you can burn out on that. And you like, I had to, I'm reading like some memoirs right now um, for my own writing practices. But for a long time, like I was like very committed to reading all these personal growth books and just, on this, like very committed to self-betterment and that in and of itself was being perfectionist about it. And it's like, actually, I'm going to be okay with the way I am right now. Like, I'm going to go watch some Shit's Creek. And <laughs> Love Shit's gonna, Creek. Oh my right? gosh, the best. <laughs> the best. I'm on my third, third cycle of it. So fun. <laughs> oh, nice. I haven't done another cycle. It's oh, there's an idea. It gets better. It, it does get better. You're like, ooh, I didn't catch that last time. Oh, uh, I love that. <laughs> but it's like, you know what? The way that we tell ourselves to cut our cut ourselves some slack in other areas of life, we have to do that in yes. the personal growth space Everyone. too. Because like, 
literally the entire point of the spiritual path is to love yourself exactly as you are. Yeah. You don't have to change anything, which like gets so lost in all these, all, all the, the noise out there. It makes you think that the spiritual path is about getting better Mm -hmm. or about getting, reaching something. Yes. Yeah. And it becomes just another thing to fucking achieve. And yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's so wild. I, my, my favorite question that I always say is, um, like, where is it coming from? You know, like when we're doing the thing, are we doing it because we're like trying to achieve something or we're trying to be perfectly enlightened or perfectly fit or perfectly whatever? It's like, where is it coming from? Is it your ego, your saboteur fear that's driving this energy right now? Or is this actually what my soul feels like right now? Do I feel mm-hmm. like meditating and feeling my heart or do I feel like watching Shit's Creek? And then like mm-hmm. actually being able to discern and listen, I... Um, to the, I love the, I, the name of that book, Eyes Wide Open Dis- Discernment on the Spiritual Path. It's like being able to discern where's it coming from? What part of you right now is leading the way? And um, as you were talking about perfectionism, I was just thinking I have a major rage about like whatever, whenever I have a rage about something, it's part of like what I'm here to speak about. And one of mine is the beauty and plastic surgery industry and Mm. how, and physical appearance and our obsession with perfection with physical appearance. Mm. And just thinking like when I was younger, when my best friend committed suicide, when I was like 22, I was the skinniest I'd ever been because all I would eat was jelly bellies for about two months. And I was 95 pounds, 98 pounds and I'm five foot three and now I'm like 130. Like that's my healthy weight. And I was complimented constantly. And my, back then my, my healthy weight was about 115 cause I was so young still. But, um, but I was complimented as soon as I was that tiny, like literally Ugh. and older people too. It wasn't just young people. It was right. like moms and dads and gra- like everyone was like, wow, you look amazing. And so Ugh. that, so that, so, and, and so it's like, always that's one of my ongoing battles is confusion about my body. And I, I've never had a full blown eating disorder, but certainly a lot of disordered, well, disordered eating, but dysmorphia around my body and what it's supposed to look like. And then the, the face, how, I mean, the epidemic of plastic surgery nowadays and injections and Botox and all the things breaks my fucking heart, like to a million pieces. I did a post about it yesterday. I put, I tried on one of those filters that changes your face. I didn't know it changed your face. It had sparkles and that's why I put it on. And then I turned it on my face and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Gave me like giant eyelashes and my face got like smaller. My nose got skinnier and it looked like, it looked like a fairy. And I was like, ew, what the hell? And then I did a video about no wonder everyone's getting fucking injections and all these things because they're doing these filters. Like that's actually happening where girls are going to the plastic surgeon's office showing a filtered photo of themselves that's not even their face saying I want to look like that because I look prettier on there than I do in real life and yet the work that I do with women is unlocking who they really are and the beauty that radiates from when you are 
fully expressed in all of who you are, you are more beautiful than you could ever imagine. You don't need to freeze your face, face and inject your, and just like, oh my God, like patriarchy is so interwoven into this pressure for women. But that's where I see like such a massive, massive, just like the workaholism, like it's so, it's such a huge problem right now. Um, and yeah, I'm, I, I feel excited to keep speaking out about it, but like that is women are up against a lot of fucking pressure to be perfect in every sense of the word, to be a perfect self-sacrificer, to be a perfect self. Oh, she's so selfless. Like (laughs) all these ridiculous ways, like are men supposed to be perfect? Do they have the same pressure? No, no, they don't. Oh my gosh. There, there is so much that you just said, Elizabeth. I mean, this episode, everyone's going to have to like go back and listen again and again and again. And we might have to have you back. Yes. The thing that I want to say, I mean, I, I remember really believing I wasn't a perfectionist. I mean, I mm-hmm. really believed that that didn't exist in me because I didn't give a shit about school. <laughs> and I told myself that perfectionism only showed up externally about your space, right? You need a perfect home. You needed to care about perfect grades. I was like, I'm, I'm not a perfectionist, <laughs> right? But um, there I was never being vulnerable about any of the things that I was struggling with. There I was doing everything myself and very rarely asking for help. And there I was, I mean, as a teenager, like cutting out pictures of Britney Spears' body and putting it on my wall. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I wanna bring in, and, and I just, I mean, I, I woke up this morning actually thinking about the projected perfection story we put on pictures of couples on Facebook, yes. mm, right? You get mm. one moment in time in a picture and then you have, my clients come to me saying, I want a relationship that looks like that, mm. that, that, where that's happening, but they have no idea how to navigate anything that they're feeling, no idea how to actually understand that life is a full gamut and no one has a perfect relationship. And then people in really, really shitty relationships justify their shitty relationship by saying, well, nobody has a perfect relationship. <laughs> I just need to put that out there. You're more often than not in a shitty relationship if you're telling yourself that over and over mm-hmm. again, because the people in healthy relationships just know that this is part of the deal. There, there's upset, there's disappointment, there's days that I don't feel good about myself, there's days that I cannot freaking stand you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's days when I fall back in love with you again. Yeah. But the thing, you know, we, we started the New Truth Movement Facebook group because what I know for sure and that Kate and I come back to every episode is you do not detox alone because oh. majority of women are yes. inside this matrix. And I'm never going to forget this, this pain of your story of saying that nobody ever said bravo for setting a boundary and no one ever checked in with how you are feeling and the amount of bullshit dating advice that other women give to women about sacrificing themselves setting standards oh he didn't ask me any questions on on a date well just give him another another chance oh well he (laughs) forgot he forgot my birthday he didn't like send you didn't do anything for my birthday oh well it's okay just give him another chance. I mean, it's really hard out there. Like we don't have, like you, we created the new truth movement because you are not alone and you need to have these conversations. Kate and I are committed to having these conversations. And that's why we brought people, we bring people like you into this movement so that more women 
can know that they're not alone and the recognition that all of it doesn't happen at once. You don't dismantle your perfectionism around your body image the w- at the same time that you're doing it around work and the yes. same time you're doing it around personal yeah. development. Like I thought I didn't have body image issues until I went to a shadow conference and was like, holy fuck. All right. Well, I guess I have body <laughs> image issues and that became my whole shadow conference. Um, but this, like we we are not going to dismantle this matrix overnight. Yes. There is a lot. It's 2020. It's mm-hmm. a lot is being up, upturned and flipped upside down. And we need each other. We need yes. to be crying together. Yeah. We need to be having these conversations. And that's what the new truth movement is about. And I'd love for you, Elizabeth, to just reiterate how people can follow your message, hear what you have to say, you know, join you in the Monday vibes. Um, how can they... Uh, do that. Yeah. So you can um, find me on Instagram at Hey Elizabeth Sue. And you can also sign up for Monday Vibes on my website, elizabethsue.com slash Monday Vibes. And we didn't even talk about your epic relationship. Relationship, We'll have to do that next time. Yes, I would love that. I would love that. I know I'm constantly thinking about ways to share both the ups and the downs. I mean, we've had so many and just the other day, I, uh, we're, you know, out on the road together and (laughs) we like quarantine, like all of us, there's just a lot of time that we're spending together and, um, and just remembering the lesson once again, that no relationship is perfect. (laughs) Truth. And I'm not, okay. I have one more rant. I'm not doing anything wrong. Yes. If I'm having a bad day, you are not now not spiritually fucking fit. Yes. If you scream at your husband, if you can't stand your husband sometimes, if you have insecure thoughts about yourself, it doesn't mean that you are now failing at life and personal development. Oh. And that is the shadow. The shadow of perfectionism is shame and people walking around like they're bad and wrong if they're not perfect. And that's it. If I'm not a good girl, I must be a bad girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, love that. I, I, I think this is really where I've been this year. I've, I'm realizing now I've been in a detox of burnout and perfectionism in my work and how I show up in my life. And it's taken some time. I'm still very much in it. Um, but I think that's something that's just really important to me. And I'd love for each of us to do any last nuggets because this, this you're not wrong. Yes. Like no relationship yes. is perfect, but you do not have to settle for incredibly no. horrific behavior. And if you don't know if you're in a healthy relationship, that's what Kate and I exist for, for you to ask for help and, and navigate that. But this place of, of stop making yourself wrong for your struggles and insecurities and difficulty, right? Your vulnerability is actually what makes you spectacularly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And perfectionism is driven from the external. It's like, all, it's all rooted in perception of us. And one of my favorite songs of all time is Baz Luhrmann, the class of 1997. I was the class of 1999, but um, the class of 1997 uh, wear sunscreen. Um, Oh my gosh, if you haven't heard that song, you have to. The first line is, enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You won't enjoy the power and beauty of your youth until your looks have changed and you look back. And (laughs) But but the line that's that's standing out right now is, the race is long, and in the end, it's only with yourself. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like, get out of the race. It's not, you know, being perfect for other people and being the perfect this and the perfect that and the perfect body. And the, it like at the end of the day, you have you and that's it. Yes. You know, like, yes, our loved ones are here and they come and go and some stick around, but ultimately we, every, everything we're experiencing in our lives is just our relationship with ourselves and what's happening internally and how we're seeing the world through that lens. And so, yeah, get out of the rat race and come home. And Elizabeth, any last words from you? Wisdom bombs. (laughs) Last thoughts as we close. Uh, I love that that idea of coming home. I've been thinking about that a lot. And um, I look at old pictures of myself and I just like, my heart just fills up. And I think more and more that instead of, you know, we're changing into, or we're evolving into who we're meant to be. I really feel like we're just shedding the layers of yes. trying to find our way back to ourselves, to ourselves and totally. to our core truth and who we were before the world told us to be something else. And so I feel like that that's at the, the core of it and that yes. unconditional self-acceptance in the in the happy moments and especially in the sad moments when you do feel like a monster to really mm-hmm. like just love on yourself and yes. remember that you're you're amazing and beautiful and brilliant and whatever just the way that you are mm, i love it this was so uh, beautiful so you're good. amazing <laughs> you guys are amazing so And if you have listened to this episode and you loved Elizabeth, go give her some love over on Instagram. And if you know every woman on the planet that needs to hear this episode. And so please share this episode with your friends, with the women in your life. I'm certainly going to be listening to it again and again and signing up for Monday Vibes ASAP. Yes. We are so grateful that you brought your expertise, your time, your energy to us today. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so fun. So fun. Thank you.